Welcome to the show. It's the week of January 29th. I'm CJ Mellon. This week, streaming services are announcing some changes to the way we watch and share content. Netflix is out for more of your money, but they're backtracking on that plan. Major League Soccer's streaming plans make the NFL, the NBA, and all the other streaming sports plans look really bad. Tired of the way you're reading the news? Well, there's an app for that. People are calling it the TikTok for news articles. And finally, some follow-up with the prescription drug conversation. It looks like your private data was being sold to a company without you knowing. And the FTC is out for blood this time. But it's more than just the headlines. Here's what you missed this nerdy week. All right, first story of the week. It was all over the news and social media. Netflix is already trying to talk its way out of the hot water that they found themselves in. But even if they delayed their plans, Netflix still wants more money from you. Because Netflix plans to start cracking down on subscribers sharing their passwords in the U.S., Uh, Last week, Netflix informed its investors that they had a plan to enforce stricter password sharing policies by the end of the first quarter this year. According to the company, over 100 million households currently share their Netflix passwords, which they stated undermines our long-term ability to invest and improve Netflix. Uh, This marks a significant change for the company, who six years ago put out the tweet saying, love is sharing a password. Netflix executives, by the way, are very aware that this move will not be received well. The co-CEO, Greg Peters, admitted that this will, quote, not be a popular move and that there will be, quote, a little bit of cancel reaction from current members. That's putting it mildly, Netflix, just so you know. But Netflix has been laying the groundwork for this for a few months underneath our noses, and we have been none the wiser. Let's, Let's put the pieces together. First, they introduce a profile transfer tool. So if you do move to your own Netflix account, your watch history, your recommendations, your games progress, and the information that's on you comes with you. Second, they introduce a $7 ad tier that lets you pay less for Netflix. But the catch to that is you will miss out on some of the programs because they have a limited library. But this password sharing process is the final nail in the coffin. Now, Netflix has said that this policy was published by accident, we're sorry, and that this is not in the U.S. right now, right? But this is happening in other areas of the world under a different program. But here's the basics of what was leaked and what really got people riled up. First off, users must log on to Netflix via their primary location's Wi-Fi network once every 31 days. Great. Netflix will use information such as IP address, device ID, or account accessibility to determine if the device is connected to the primary location. If the device is found to fall outside the household, it may be blocked from Netflix. If the primary account owner is traveling, they can request a temporary code for seven days or update their primary location. Last, subscribers can add extra members to their account if they want, if they want to share the locations with people who don't live with them. So let's look at the broader implications. You have to connect to basically your primary Wi-Fi every 31 days. So if you're a college student and you don't live at your house, you would have to lug your TCL smart Roku TV to your parents' house every month just to keep the Netflix going. If you're traveling for more than seven days, ah, well, you better ask Netflix for permission. Otherwise, you won't be able to watch things. This was 
wildly unpopular, just to say the least. People were calling the Netflix customer service line, demanding answers to questions. Reporters were calling. People are threatening to cancel. And then Netflix instantly walks this back and says, oh, sorry, that was actually from our other regions we were posting that. It's not applying to America. Netflix, like I said, has been laying the groundwork to do this. They're losing money every time that we share passwords. But don't get me wrong. Netflix was ready to do this. Like, it's pretty obvious that Netflix was ready to do this, but didn't realize how unpopular this would be. It's pretty obvious that there's going to be a fee for sharing passwords, okay? I, I don't think maybe that's an unreasonable thing to ask after several years of doing this, but at the same time, it's been so long, right, that we've been able to do this, that change in the behavior just feels wrong. But now it's asked people to do something that Netflix kind of didn't want them to do. A lot of people now are looking at their Netflix usage and going, is this worth it? Is this worth the cost? Think about the HBO model here. There were people that subscribed to HBO only for Game of Thrones, and the moment that the season ended, they stopped their subscription, and they waited to the next season of Game of Thrones. And HBO was cranking out shows to try to make sure that it's justified for its Sunday 9 p.m. time slot. Netflix is trying to do the same thing now, and let's be honest, the Netflix original content isn't that good. You get one big thing a year, or you get the Wednesdays, or you get the Stranger Things. You, you, you get a cycle. But is it worth keeping the entire year? I think Netflix has stepped in it. They have to make a better plan. But more importantly, I would love to know from you. If you use Netflix, if you are a password sharer, either the person who pays for it or the person who gets it, what would be your plan if these implementations went into effect? How would you adjust your Netflix usage? All right, it's time to talk about sports. All right. Like I said last week, though, I don't watch many sports, right? I'm not, a, I'm not a big sports fan, but my wife is a football fan. And I have to tell you, one of the most annoying things about professional sports is streaming them. My wife and I would like to watch the Steelers, right? But our local channel sometimes would show another game. And I can't watch NFL Plus on my TV because they only let you watch it on mobile. The NFL doesn't give me any option just to subscribe to one team's game. And if you have to watch a pirate stream, that's as reliable as starting a car on time in a horror movie. So when I saw this next story, I saw, for, for a brief moment, a glimmer of hope for the future. Apple has just unveiled its highly anticipated MLS season pass. And it's a game changer. No more searching and struggling to find certain broadcasts. You pay a monthly or season-long subscription that starts as low as $12.99 for current Apple TV Plus members. Users get a comprehensive package of all the MLS games in over 100 countries, and the best part, you can still try it out for opening weekend just by having an Apple ID. No money down. The MLS Season Pass is made by Apple, so the design of the service is really organized, it's clean and intuitive, and it can be accessed through the Apple TV Plus app. And that app is available on pretty much everything, Apple TV, iPhones, Mac, iPads, PS4, PS5, Xboxes, Roku, Smart TVs, Fire TV, and I'm sure at least one refrigerator probably has the app. As you select your favorite team, the interface will change and display their games at the top. You'll see the team's schedule, their stadium, the highlights. You can even add games to your Up Next queue, and you'll receive a reminder across all your iOS devices. MLS Season Pass is already live, and games start on February 25th. So I started looking at the details uh, for this plan, and Apple is going to pay, this is crazy, $250 million a year for 10 years for the rights to MLS. 
which if you really think about Apple's revenue, that's absolutely nothing. MLS fans that are new to Apple TV Plus, they get a season pass for $14.99 a month or $99 for an entire season. And if you already have Apple TV Plus, you get a discounted rate. It's $12.99 per month or $79 for an entire season. And get this. You can share MLS Season Pass with up to six family members using Apple's family sharing, provided each member has their own Apple ID and password. Did you hear that, Netflix? All right, so so my hope for this is very simple, that other providers do this for professional sports. I, I know YouTube TV now has NFL Sunday ticket, and I would happily pay to just follow the one team, right? Or, or do a pay-per-view for games at a reasonable price that are not in my market. Or, uh, honestly, I, seriously, I would pay about $15 to $20 just to watch the Steelers when they aren't on my local channels, and I would God, gladly pay them $100 a year to follow one team. Just give me all their all their their games in a beautiful 4K stream. The way that we do streaming rights right now for professional sports is just increasingly annoying, and, and it's across the entire spectrum. So I would love to know if you are a sports fan, if you're an MLS fan, is this something that's attractive to you? Because now the only way to get them, right, is through Apple. Third story of the week, it's like TikTok for the news, or, you know, so says The Verge. An app called Artifact is being created by the co-founders of Instagram. Artifact is a personalized new feed powered by artificial intelligence, and it's currently in a private beta. The app is trying to bring together the success and strategies of TikTok to the news. Artifact will feature news from high-quality publishers that adhere to, and I quote, strict editorial standards. What are those? We don't really know. But it will also use algorithms to recommend posts and stories kind of similar to the way the TikTok's algorithm works. Artifact has two core features. Number one, a feed of articles posted by users that you can follow along with their commentary. Second, a direct message inbox so you can discuss posts privately with friends. So when a user taps on a story, Artifact will generate similar stories and posts based on your viewing history. Its primary focus is not on the number of clicks an article gets, but rather on how long you read a said article. So if you fell for clickbait, it should help eliminate that from your feed because you're not really reading the article. This is all powered by the Google Image Transformer, and that is the T in ChatGPT is being used to make this app work because that system allows apps to understand languages. And this basically seems like a replacement for Twitter or Google News or apps like Flipboard. Uh, the app has a wait list that you can join, but it does require that you put a phone number in. So if you're comfortable with giving away that, you can join a wait list today. I am a heavy Flipboard user. It's actually how I find a lot of the articles to make up this show. It's actually how I found the article from The Verge about this topic. However, for the last year, I, I've fallen out of love with their recommendations. I, I see the news stories from India, from Canada, and from Russia, and stories that I really do not care about. And when I tell the app, hey, I don't like this, or show less of this, sometimes it has like the opposite effect. I've clicked it, therefore I'm going to see more things for it. It's also a little buggy at times, but... I'm not willing to jump ship, especially to Google News, so I'm kind of curious to see what Artifact does and the quality of its algorithm. Again, they're saying that it's curated and that it's from reliable sources, but you know, until we actually see some articles and how that works, I'm a little skeptical. The TikTok algorithm really gets me. It took a little bit of training to get it, but if it's half as good as that, I, I will definitely sign up once it's out of beta. 
So I turn the question over to you. Do you trust the co-founders of Instagram to handle the news and to deliver it to you? Are you faithful enough to say, yeah, I'll, I'll give an algorithm and I'll give some AI an opportunity to filter out what I should and shouldn't see in the news? Let me know. Final story of the week. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. When I went down my rabbit hole on the prescription drug thing, I, I really thought that was going to be a one-time event. But I have some follow-up from last week, and uh, someone actually sent this article to me on Mastodon. Last episode, I said to be sure to do your research about big tech pharmaceutical companies. And, well, this is exactly why. GoodRx is a drug discount and price shopping website and app. And they have now agreed to pay a $1.5 million fine and take steps to ensure that they are no longer sharing health data to advertisers. They will also now obtain user consent before sharing health data for, quote, other reasons. And finally, they'll make an effort to get rid of the data that the third parties already have that they shared with them. This is very comforting to hear, right? GoodRx allegedly shared the names of medications, medications that people search for, medications that people redeemed, and the conditions that users sought treatment for on their app. GoodRx also allegedly sent identifying information of users who purchased certain medications to a data broker. Who would like to take a guess on who that data broker is? Did you guess Meta? You're darn right it's Meta. Why? Because Meta wants to target users with ads related to their conditions. The FTC is using the health breach notification rule. By the way, a rule which has never been invoked before, which requires vendors of personal health information records that are not covered by HIPAA to notify customers if their data has been accessed by a third party without their authorization. So if you've used GoodRx, you should take the following actions. Number one, monitor your personal health information and check if any of that unauthorized data has been accessed. Number two, Read the terms of use and privacy policy for any digital health service so that you understand how your data is going to be used and how it's going to be shared. That applies to the two companies that we talked about last week also. If you don't have the time to do that, and let's be honest, who can even understand the terms and conditions, you can go online and there are TLDR services out there, Toulon didn't read, that will summarize that for you. Hell, if it's short enough, you can even throw it into like chat GTP and try to get it into plain old English. Third, Consider deleting any sensitive health information you have shared with GoodRx or any similar service if you're uncomfortable with the way that your data is being used. My last and personal suggestion, it, it's time to delete Facebook, right? We have to hold Meta accountable for the fact that, again, not only are trying to finish first place in the metaverse, but now they're buying your health information so they can target you with ads. I mean... This is ridiculous. It's time to cut ties with this company if you can. I also realize that some of us, we can't, right? Either we have a business, it's the one way a family member can get in touch with us. But more importantly, when it comes down to this, I'm going to leave you with the same takeaway I did when we were talking about RX Pass and Cost Plus Drugs. If you have a family member or a friend who is using these services who isn't tech savvy, let them know about this. Help them out. Lend a hand. If you have the knowledge of technology and you know how to help them navigate this stuff, make sure you're giving them the lending hand to navigate through all the complexities that is the internet and the lack of privacy we have on it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I have an absolute blast doing it, and I've appreciated the feedback that some of you have given me also. Let me know if there is a story or something you want me to cover because I'm sure I've missed something this nerdy week. 
If you want to know more about these stories, though, check out the link into the show notes. Please don't forget to subscribe to This Nerdy Week on your podcast player of choice and tell a friend. You can find the show on Mastodon, Instagram, and TikTok. I am CJ Millen. Thank you for listening and enjoy your nerdy week. <laughs>